Hello, everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, culture is challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and we are all in for an incredibly sweet treat today for today's To Be Heard Tuesday, because the first reason why today's episode is so special is because it is the second to last To Be Heard Tuesday before this third season comes to an end. And so right off the bat, I want to invite y'all and encourage y'all to come back to listen to next week's episode where we can just celebrate big time. There's so much that's happened in season three that I just want to celebrate with y'all. And I want to end this third season on a really, really great note. So please come back to listen to next week's episode. But today's To Be Heard Tuesday is so special. And I think it's going to be so sweet because we are having, you could probably tell by the title, but we're having our very first Q&A ever on To Be Heard podcast. Like I've tried to record Q&As for season one and season two, but Long story short, it just did not work out. And so I'm so excited and so glad to be answering your questions on today's To Be Heard Tuesday. Thank y'all so much for those of you who submitted a question. I can't wait to dive into them on today's To Be Heard Tuesday. Um, And I just, I think it's going to be so much fun because y'all have been hearing from me for, um, I think, the last 20 weeks in this third season or however many weeks are, are in a season. You guys have been hearing from me a lot, but today I get to hear from you and I get to hand the microphone over to you and just let you let me know what you think needs to be heard. So I'm loving the idea of that. And um, before I even announced the Q&A, or at least when I was planning to, in the early preparation, you know, I'm doing my planning for the podcast. And I'm like, this is a perfect time for a Q&A. As I was uh, making that announcement to y'all and just opening up my email and even my DMs on Instagram for you guys to submit your questions, I did kind of have an early prediction of the kinds of questions that I would get um, for this episode. Because again, I mean, we've been on a freedom journey all season long where we're just talking about the freedom that is possible. It is accessible through Christ. We've been talking about it all season long. And because I've been fairly open about my own freedom journey, my own struggles with anxiety, depression, things like that, I kind of had a prediction that all of the questions I would receive would fall under uh, those categories. I talked about anxiety, depression. We also talked about addiction this third season, and I kind of had a funny feeling. I'm like, I feel like a lot of the questions would fall under that. And sure enough, after I had posted and announced that I was doing a Q&A, literally every question fell under those three categories. Again, that being anxiety, depression, or addiction. And so I, because I've talked about it before on the podcast and am super excited to go into even deeper levels on today's episode, I do feel super prepared to answer y'all's questions today. And there's one specific question that I'm going to read verbatim, but a majority was just like how to deal with anxiety, how to break free from depression, you know, so it's just super general how to break free from it. Um, And so I just want to dive right in. I'm so, so excited. But really quickly, before we get started, I do want to clarify and reiterate something that I've said uh, quite a few times this third season. And I think it's so important that I bring this up again um, on the podcast before I start answering your questions. But y'all, I am not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. None of the sorts. Like I'm I'm not any of that. 
I am just a girl. And I've had some experiences where I thought it was impossible for me to break free. I thought I would always be bound and always be in chains. And that freedom, if it was possible, it certainly wasn't possible for me. I'm a girl who has that in my testimony. I've had those experiences before. But I came across some really incredible scripture that once I applied to my life and once I applied to my freedom journey, I really started to move forward with a clearer mind, a softer heart, and just a freer me. Like I was just different. And so these verses really did change my life and it birthed all 20 episodes of this third season of the podcast. And so I say that to say, you know, I just want to be super transparent as I provide to you my answers. I'm really speaking from a place of experience. And again, just sharing with you the things that I've learned and things that were passed down to me that helped me so much in my freedom journey that I just want to pass along to you as well. So please don't replace this with anything like, oh, the expertise, you know, she has expert advice and she's a doctor. No, no, no. I'm not any of that. I am just a girl. And it's so important that I make that clear as I answer your questions today. But moving forward though, so again, those three questions or the three categories that all questions fall under, how to deal with anxiety or break free from anxiety, depression, addiction, how do you break free from those things? Um, I can actually group those three questions together and answer them in very similar ways. So I know this is not the expression, but like killing three birds with one stone, right? Like, like there's three pins in the alley and I have one bowling ball that would just cover them all. So I am going to answer these in a lot of similar ways because again, they just fall under the same category. There's one question that has a very, uh, it's a super specific question that I am going to read verbatim, but majority is just super general. How do you break free from, you know, X, Y, and Z. So the first thing I would say to those of you listening, and you do deal with anxiety, depression, or addiction, the very first thing I would say, one of my first pieces of advice is to tell someone, we are not made to live life alone. And I know that we've talked about that in recent To Be Her Tuesdays, specifically the Find Your Friends episode, but we truly are not made to do life alone. And if we're dealing with anxiety, if we're dealing with depression, addiction, all by ourselves, and it's kept secret from the people around us, and we're struggling and we're dealing with these things behind closed doors, there's no freedom for that. And I know that's a really bold statement to say that there's none, like there's no freedom, none whatsoever. But seriously, you guys, those things have to be brought to the surface. They have to be uh, brought to the light because if you're dealing with them in secret, it's only going to get worse. Like I that's not even me being negative. And uh, it honestly, it's a promise. Like if you are the only one who knows about your struggle and you're the only one who knows about, uh, you know, what you're dealing with. It's going to be so hard to experience freedom, to experience healing, because there's no one able to speak into your life. There's no one able to hold you up in that season. No one is able to hold you accountable or to actually give you truth. It's really just you and the voice of what you're dealing with. And that is just never good. Genesis 2.18, the Lord himself said, it is not good for man to be alone. So 
that's my first piece of advice. You have to tell someone. I recommend telling someone who has spiritual maturity and there's just a depth um, in their walk with God where they know how to apply scriptures. They know what to do. They've uh, lived a little bit longer than you. I recommend going to someone a lot older than you because people who are older, they should be wiser. I know that's not the case for, <laughs> for everything, but someone who has spiritual maturity and they're wiser than you and they can actually counsel you. Find someone like that and tell them. I'm thinking um, if it's a parent, if you're in the age group where you have to tell a parent and you're, especially if you're under their their roof, their household, I really recommend telling your parent. Um, but there's also leaders like uh, like pastors and therapists and counselors, um, spiritual advisors, like people who you know would give you sound wisdom and sound advice. Not to say that you can't tell your friends. I do still encourage that. Tell your friends, let them in. Don't um, don't just keep them out, but truly open yourself up to them so that they can hold you accountable. And they, do, they will know to check on you because they know that you're struggling. Um, but don't stop there. Don't just tell your friends. I would really go to like a pastor or a therapist, a spiritual advisor, someone who can actually counsel you in that because like I love the podcast I love to do this and and to help you as much as I can I truly my prayer you guys is that every episode you listen to it helped you like because I I know how much I needed these episodes when I was going through what I was going through and so I like I just want them I want these episodes to help you But the thing with that is that I can't sit down with each of you one-on-one where you can actually give me the context of what you're struggling with and take me through, you know, like, oh, what happened to you the other day or the specific situations that can trigger you, you know what I mean? Like, I can't provide that kind of um, friendship for you. I totally wish I could, (laughs) like, I would love that. But you have to find someone locally and say, please, can I take you out for coffee or invite you over? Like, I have to tell you this. I have to let you in on what I'm going through because that is truly the first step into experiencing freedom. You cannot do this alone. And James even says, James 5, 16 confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed like this is healing to do it's freeing it's healing to tell someone so if you if you haven't told anyone yet and uh you need to please take that first step reach out tell a leader pastor spiritual advisor whoever a mentor tell them so that healing can take place. So that's the first thing, uh, first piece of advice that I would give to those of you struggling, again, specifically with the areas of anxiety, depression, and addiction. But another thing that I would suggest to y'all, and this is so huge for me, and I'm most passionate about this kind of advice I'm going to give to you today. I've talked about it before on the podcast and even blogged about it a few too, but I love this because I can tell y'all want to know about it. I mean, all the questions were about uh, these things specifically, so I get to spend more time going um, into deeper levels of this and being a lot more specific. But if you're dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with addiction, my next piece of advice would be to go to the root of that anxiety, of that depression, of that addiction. And what I mean by that is to go back to the very first time that you had an anxiety attack 
or go back to the first time your earliest memory of you dealing with depression like what was the first season of depression that you've ever walked ever walked through how old were you where were you what was happening at the time go to that place same with addiction where were you who were you with who were you talking to um where were you at like those things going back to the very first time you fell into that sort of sin that you're still addicted to today or going back to that first moment you had an anxiety attack or you experienced anxiety for the first time the first moment that you uh experienced depression and you walk through that you know that episode of depression depression go back to the root of it and I'm telling you right now, and I'm going to get more, I'll give you more to this, but I'm telling you that was the first time when I actually understood myself so much better because when I was dealing heavily with anxiety and heavily with depression, I remember um, feeling like I had no clarity. I didn't know why I was so anxious and why I was so depressed. I didn't understand that until I went back. Because the thing is, and you may relate to this for those of you who asked the question, and even for those of you who can just relate, but sometimes we can be like, oh, I've dealt with this for as long as I can remember. And it's like this real general, like, oh, I've always dealt with this, when really, you should get so specific about that first moment you experience those things. Go back to the very first time you did and you will receive clarity of, oh, that still triggers me today. Or, oh, that makes sense as to why like that person still triggers me or this still bothers me or I'm really um, still uh, super sensitive when it comes to things like this because chances are it might have contributed to the first time you've ever felt anxiety or felt depression or, or felt your fell into sin going back to the root of it so I recommend being so specific again don't generalize it but be intentional about going back to the first moment you've ever felt uh, anxiety depression you experienced that sin I'm talking intentionality as in like get a journal and pen, go to a quiet place, get alone with God and think to yourself, when was the very first time that you've experienced that? Because again, that's what helped me out so much and I can only provide the answers that have helped me. That is it. And I recommend that to anyone who has asked me that, like even off the podcast, like anyone who has asked this, I always say, go to the root of it because, and I've shared this before, but just to give you an example from my own life. So in my early 20s, I'm 21 right now, in my early 20s and even late teenage years, I used to be so anxious and get so nervous when it came to meeting new people. Um, making friends, all of that made me so super anxious. And I would never know why. And I didn't even know at the time that it was specifically like meeting people, making new friends, that it triggered me. Um, but looking back, any time I had an anxiety attack, it was because I was so afraid that they would reject me. I was so afraid that, well, if I don't talk this way or act this way or look a certain way or do a certain thing, then they won't like me. I won't be accepted. Like looking back, 
all of those thoughts I had swarming in my head. And so I would get super anxious. I would either shut down, like I would freeze in my tracks. I wouldn't be able to respond uh, in the way I wanted to respond in the moment. Or I would just completely isolate myself and I would run and I wouldn't, uh, I would just shut myself off because I'm like, I don't want to get hurt. And I'm afraid that if I do something like you may like me now, but you may not like me later. And so I had all of this, like these little triggers when it came to that. And I didn't quite understand it and I didn't even put language to it at the time. But when I got super intentional about this of finding out the first time, because again, I would generalize it like I've, all, I've always dealt with this. But when I got specific and thought about the first time fear entered into my life, the first time I've ever experienced depression and the first time like when I fell into sin and found myself still struggling with it. It wasn't until I went back to the moment and I'll just talk about my struggle with uh, anxiety here because I talked about this before on the podcast. Um, but I had a moment when I was nine and this other nine-year-old girl um, who I tried to like include and like I, I invited her to this thing I was having and just really wanted, like I didn't, I didn't think that she would reject me. Like I just, I don't know. It was so easy. It was easy for me to make friends. And so she was just another one in my mind. Like, oh, I can, you know, we can be friends. Until I reached out and uh, gave her that invitation and she just made it so known in a room full of girls that she was not feeling me. <laughs> like she didn't like me. She made it very plain in the way she said it and she had a little attitude about it. And from that moment on, you guys, like I will never forget how I felt in that moment. I felt uh, like shut down. I started to like my palms got sweaty, my throat got super tight, my chest got tight, I couldn't respond. I was so embarrassed. And the next day, I remember that next morning, I was so afraid to see her. I was afraid to see her friends because all I could think about was, oh my gosh, I'm not liked. And she had like, she was of status, okay? Like the little fourth graders knew who she was. She was like that girl. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, it like just feeling this fear and almost I know this is extreme, but I had like this paranoia, like I was so afraid to make a mistake in front of her again. And I didn't want her to reject me again or exclude me or make fun of me. I was so afraid and she never did after the fact. But anytime I saw her, I would have that reaction. When I saw her friends, I would have that reaction and it spiraled out into Anytime I met a new person or if, you know, usually it would be super easy for me as a little girl to extend an invitation and say and just like make friends with people. After that moment, that became super hard for me because I was wounded and that really hurt and it was so embarrassing. And so I bring up that example to say, because if I compare that to what I went through in my late teens and early 20s now, Anytime I find myself anxious about anything, it's usually around that concept of, oh my gosh, I don't want to be rejected. Oh my gosh, like, I don't want to do anything to upset anyone. Like, m maybe what can I do to make it right? And what can I do to make you like me? Like, all of that, I still had the same thing happen to me in my late teens and early 20s. But we can trace that back to the first moment I've experienced that. And so again, I bring up that example so that for those of you who asked, and even for those of you who didn't, really take some time and think about the first time that you've experienced what you're experiencing today. Because when I did that, I had so much clarity about my triggers. And I'm so aware of that now. Anytime I get anxious, I'm like rejection triggers you and I just I recently if you want the truth 
I just took a course about how to deal with triggers and how to let love and compassion in to the little girl in you, the little kid in you who, I mean, me and Jesus, we've gone back to that moment so many times and it makes me all teary eyed and I get all emotional, but we've gone back to that moment and I still have to go to that moment with Jesus. The minute she pointed her finger at me and said, I like everyone except for you, Jesus, I picture my adult self, and this may be strange to you, that's okay, but it works for me to picture who you were as a little girl, as a little boy, the first time you felt anxiety, the first time you you underwent depression, the first time you fell into the sin that you're still dealing with today, go back to that person, that kid, or however old you were when it first happened, go back to that person and just lavish the kid in you with the love and compassion that you needed in that moment. Like what I needed in that moment when the first time that I've ever felt rejected before in my life, The first time it happened, I let that word define so many moments after that when really the whole time, and this is just the most precious thing about who God is, but the whole time Jesus was already there with me like, Yana, I love you. Like, I don't just like you, girl. I love you. And just to have him wrap his arms around me and just speak a different word, a true word over my life that... Who cares if she doesn't like me? He loves me and he delights in me. He thinks I'm wonderful. I mean, he made me wonderfully, you know? So for those of you dealing with those, um, uh, again, with anxiety, depression, uh, uh, and addiction, go back to that initial moment and really just like let love and compassion flow to that time. But you have to get specific about what that moment was because you'll find and have some clarity about what some of your triggers are. Maybe someone made fun of you when you were little or maybe if this is like a couple years ago that you've just found yourself dealing with this. Maybe someone made fun of you or mocked you or rejected you when you were little chances are that rejection and any any little comment about your appearance chances are that that still triggers you today and so you get super anxious because you got anxious back then so it's going back to those moments going back to the root of it again the root of your anxiety depression addiction that will honestly help it that has helped me so so much in my freedom journey um and i do have an episode about this it's the childhood wounds episode where we talk about how these moments typically begin in childhood obviously that's not the case for everyone but once you get specific about that and you may find that all of that took place in your childhood please give the childhood wounds episode a listen I go more into depth about it, but I'm also going to recommend the how it started versus how it's going episode. They're like the second and third episode of this third season, because a lot of what I'm talking about now, it actually um, I'm referencing a passage of scripture that's found in Genesis where you want to talk about, um, you know, breaking free from a certain pattern of behavior, like um, and not just behavior, but a certain condition like anxiety attacks or depression, addiction. It is so helpful to go to Genesis and analyze how the entire sin cycle got started as far as the whole world is concerned, like how not just how sin entered into our lives individually, but how sin entered into the world. And so in the how it started versus how it's going episode, I talk about, um, you know, certain things that can still potentially trigger you. So Adam was with Eve, Eve with Adam in the garden. A good question to ask yourself um, for those of you, again, anxiety, depression, addiction. 
good question to ask yourself is who were you with uh, these this is part of being specific in, in, in your time of journaling and writing these things down going to the root of it because that's what going back to Genesis helped me do like the fact that it's the first uh, chapter of the Bible it covers the story of how this whole thing with sin got started going back to the initial root of sin helped me out so much because again Adam was with Eve and Eve was was with Adam when sin first entered into the world, a good question to ask yourself is who were you with? Who, who was around you? What was the circumstance like? Who are the people around you um, that, that were there when you first had an anxiety attack or when you found yourself uh, experiencing depression? Like who was all there in the events leading up to that and who wasn't there during it? Who was there after? Take a, a, a look at that and be so specific when you answer that. Who were you with when you first fell into sin? Who was there with you? It even goes into detail where God, I think this is Genesis 3 verse 9, when he asks explicitly, where are you after sin had first entered into the world? And that's a good question to ask yourself. This is all getting specific about your triggers, going back to the the first time uh, that you've ever experienced anxiety, depression, or addiction, or the sin that you're now addicted to. Where were you? Were you out in public or were you behind closed doors when you felt this way? Um, what did you see? What were you feeling? Um, who were you talking to at that time that uh, created that anxiety? Like I know for me, I had a really bad conversation with that 12 year old girl that made that opened up that door of fear. So now anytime I feel like I'm re rejected or just like not loved or not liked, I know I get super triggered by that, but I can link it back to a conversation I had. So go back. What was the conversation like when you first fell into sin? Those things will help you out greatly. And I give a more specific outline in the How It Started versus How It's Going episode. I really encourage you to tune into that. But essentially, if I can summarize everything I've said so far, how do you deal with those things? You tell someone. You go to the root of it by thinking about the first time you've ever experienced it and by way of journaling and just getting honest and really thinking like don't just generalize it like oh I've always experienced this but get so specific about what some of your triggers were because chances are if you were around a certain group of people that you still kind of hang around today or the group that you're with reminds you of the group that you were originally with when you first fell into sin chances are you're going to keep falling into sin same with um you know the location say the first time you ever took a drink and that's what you deal with today say that you're addicted to alcohol maybe the first time you ever took a drink it was at maybe a family member's house or maybe it was the bar maybe it was all by yourself Think about those moments and get specific with it because chances are you're going to go right back to that place. If you had your first drink at a family member's house or a really good friend's house, maybe you'll find yourself at that friend's house often. And um, in, in identifying that, that will help you stay away from that friend's house or stay away from the bar or maybe it will uh, compel you to leave your house and get in community because you know that when you're alone or when you're in that familiar place of how that sin cycle got started, chances are that you're going to be really tempted to fall into the same sin. So that all comes with getting super specific about it and then going to that person, going to the, um, going to who you were when that fear, that depression or that sin first entered into your life. 
going back to those moments and just showering compassion on that person, partnering with the Lord and showering compassion and love on that person. That's when healing begins because then you're not shaming yourself, but you're actually getting that need met because shame will not change you. Hate will not change you. None of that does. Only love can. So go back to the root of it. Get super specific about that. But that is basically how I would answer um, those general questions, like how you deal with anxiety, depression, addiction. I, those are the, the two main ways I would answer it. Tell someone and go to the root of it. I would also suggest taking a look at your family history and your background. I've heard plenty of stories of adults who they recognize that they grew up in an environment watching their parents panic and get anxious or um you know, handle things in a way that just wasn't healthy. And so because they saw that in their kid brain, and that was the environment that they grew up in, they eventually adapted to that and started to behave in similar ways to the point where, you know, anytime they, they're in a difficult situation or they have to make a decision or they're just in a tough spot, they usually behave in the way that they saw their parents behave. So also take a look at that too. Of course, honoring and respecting your family in that process. Um, but being honest and opening up, uh, opening up about some of the things that you've seen when you were a little girl or when you're a little boy, because that also plays a part in it too. So those would be like my my general response. But someone did ask a very specific question about addiction. Other, I mean, I kind of already covered that in my answer, but I want to read this question to you out loud because I think it gives um, a voice to what a lot of people ask and what a lot of people um, have a question about, just the way that it's worded. I wanted to read it verbatim because you might be able to relate to this when I um, read this out loud. So uh, thank you so much for the person or to the person who answered or who asked this question. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, what is your advice for someone struggling with an addiction for years? I'm talking from a little girl to adult age. They have tried and tried to overcome, but just can't seem to get a grip. They may be free for a month, but nonetheless fall right back into temptation. It's so bad to the point where they want to give in and just accept that it is a part of their life and embrace it, even though they know it's wrong and Jesus is not pleased. What to do, what to do. So again, I wanted to read that question word for word because one person asked it, but I believe that there's a lot of people who have that question in their mind too. And you may be, if you're one of those people and you're listening to this today, that's why I read that question out loud because I think, I mean, I remember feeling that way, like the way that it's worded. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could totally, totally relate to that where it feels like there's no way out and you try and you don't even want to uh, fall into sin anymore more but you keep doing it and so you shame yourself and it's just a really really ugly cycle I wanted to read that question uh, word for word for those of you who who didn't ask the question but you could totally relate to the way it's worded there uh, the first thing I want to say to that specific question, uh, you had mentioned that um, you know if the situation is they've dealt with this thing um, when they were a little girl Again, I really encourage you to spend so much time with that little girl. Like if that's where it started, if you knew it happened, um, you know, this addiction, the starting place is in your childhood. Spend lots and lots of time with that little girl. And I mean that in the most literal sense. And I know it may sound strange or crazy, but this is so practical. Tending to the little kid in you is key. To freedom. It is key to healing. And I'm speaking from experience. 
when you take a look and again, get specific about who was with you that day, when that sin was first presented to you, where were you? Uh, even the time of day it was, I think is important because sometimes when we first fall into sin and it's at night, chances are we go back to that sin at night. Or if it happened in daylight, we'll go back to it in daylight. So even the time of day, um, who you were talking to, what you were feeling, what the condition was, what was the environment like, how did you feel? Get so specific and ask that little girl, uh, revisit her. And again, I know this sounds crazy, but this is so helpful and so practical. Think about the condition that little girl was in and ultimately identify the kind of need that that little girl needed. Because I would imagine that if this is something that took place as a little girl all the way into adult years too, like your adult self, I would imagine that you are trying to fill a certain need with that thing. And because the need is continues to be unmet, but it's all that you know, because it may like when you go into a sin cycle and you go back to something that's just not good for you, it may alleviate the pain for a little bit and it may feel good for a little while, but eventually that will wear off and it doesn't satisfy you and it doesn't fill you. And it sounds like that you're, you're already aware of that. Like you don't want to do it. You keep going back to it because I believe you may be trying to satisfy a certain need. So really spend time with that little girl. What need is still trying to get met? Do you need love? Do you need compassion? Do you need someone to listen to you? Do you need to feel um, like you are valued? that you're important, that um, someone cares for you, what need are you trying to get met? I would, I would really spend, and that's just not the only thing I would ask, but that little girl, she may be trying to fill that void still. And so because it was presented to her early on as a little girl, um, just in the early stages of her life, chances are you're still trying to fill it with the same thing over and over again. So really get specific, uh, looking at your childhood, looking at the kid in you, and just let that girl talk. I keep saying be intentional about it because it may take time. You may have to do this the next couple of nights. Like, I'm going to sit down and I'm really just going to connect with the kid me and find out what what was going on during that time of my life because there if you deal with it at the root then you're you're uprooting it and all the symptoms that come uh from the root you're uprooting it all if you go if you deal with it directly at the root so spend some time with that little girl but I also want to read to you to everyone listening um a really key passage of scripture that it sounds so much like the way that this question was worded again I read it verbatim for a reason but there's a certain passage of scripture that is so, um, it just sounds so similar to what you've expressed. And this is found in Romans 7. And it starts in four, uh, verse 14. And I want to read all of it today. Um, and I think it could provide some, some healing, I believe, because I know it's helped me out so much. But this is Romans 7, starting in verse 14. This is Apostle Paul writing this. He says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, that shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, for clarity in my sinful nature, or it translates in other uh, translations as in my flesh. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. 
I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Verse 25, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Does that or does that not sound a lot like the question I just read? There's so much I can say about that verse, but the first thing, because I know I got to wrap up. The first thing I want to say to you, to the person who asked this question, God is not freaking out. He's not panicking. He's not like, oh my gosh, I have no clue what to do with this situation. I've never dealt with this before. No one has ever prayed about this before. No one has ever brought these kinds of feelings to me before. I have no clue what I'm doing. No, no, no. God has seen this before, okay? This is Apostle Paul, one of the most incredible leaders in the Bible recorded. I love Paul. Paul just expressed a lot of what you've expressed for the person who asked this and for the people who can relate. Paul expressed all of that in Romans 7 saying, I hate this. I don't want to do this, but I keep doing it. I really want to do what's good, but I don't do what's good. Instead, I do the very opposite. I do what I hate. Listen, God knows what to do. Like he already, he's, he's already had people pray about things like this before. So he's not panicking. This is not new to God. And I want that to comfort you in that, that apostle Paul has expressed some of these things that you've expressed here on the podcast. Like you are not alone, but I also want to dive into the depth of some of the things that Apostle Paul said, the way that he ended that passage of scripture. He says, what a miserable person I am, like a miserable person who will free me. I love that word free as we're talking about being on a freedom journey, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. And he says that the answer is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The answer is not in your own strength. It is not in your own understanding. It's not in your own power, your own might. The answer is in Jesus. And Romans 8, 2, reading a little further down, Romans 8, 2, uh, he brings up the fact that it is his life-giving spirit in us that frees us from the power of sin and death. It frees us from the power of sin. And so you may be really frustrated with yourself. And hear me, I know what that's like to be frustrated and mad at yourself and you're condemning yourself and you just hate yourself because of this. I know what that is like. It's It's awful. It's horrible. But the answer is not in our own answer. It's not in our own might, our own power. The answer is in Jesus. And in him, we have life-giving spirit that frees us from the power of sin. It frees us from it. But I want to make mention, that's Romans 8, 2. I want to make mention of Romans 8, 1, because it's so important that all of us hears this today. Whether you relate to this question or you don't relate to this question, hear me when I say, this is Romans 8, 1. We've talked about this verse before. But Romans 8, 1 says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. 
after Apostle Paul went into detail about his struggle and he does the thing that he doesn't want to do and he's just miserable and he's upset and he's distraught about the sin that is in him. After he uh, proudly confesses that the answer of freedom is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, he says in Romans 8, 1, a couple verses after, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And listener, you need to hear that. If you're in Christ Jesus, if your faith is in him, he does not shame you. He does not condemn you. He is not throwing a stone at you. There is no condemnation for you. And I want that to be super duper clear. Because many Christians believe, and I'm not dogging Christians, but many Christians subconsciously believe that if we um, shame you enough, if we hate you enough, you may be um, more likely to change. And that's not true. Condemnation doesn't work. Shame doesn't work. Love works, though. And we know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life so our faith in him causes us to belong to him and because we belong to him we are no longer condemned and we have the power of the life-giving spirit that frees us from the power of sin and death and i just want that to resonate with you my friend like It seems like such an unfair exchange that I put my faith in him and I'm cleansed from sin. I'm freed from the power of sin and I'm not condemned because I belong to Jesus. That's something that I really encourage you to just study and rest rest in and meditate on because that is the power of the cross. That's the power of the gospel that Jesus died our death. He paid the price for our sins. So we don't have to pay the price for our sin. We just have to believe in him and we won't perish, but we'll have eternal life. I think with looking at, you know, your situation and through that lens of I've dealt with this since I was a little girl, maybe your adult self doesn't need to hear the gospel message, but maybe the little girl in you still does. And it hasn't resonated with the little kid in you. So perhaps you need to open up your heart and just partner with the voice of God, revisiting that, that little girl saying there's no condemnation for you. He is not casting a stone at you. One of my favorite verses is Psalms 103 verse 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. The Lord that was with you on that day, in that moment when you were a little girl and that sin was first presented to you, Jesus, that same Jesus of the Bible, is the, the, the Jesus who was there with you when you were a little girl, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He was with you and he has compassion for you and he's with you. And I really recommend just in your quiet time, in your devotional time, be intentional about seeing Jesus in that moment when you were a little girl and just picture him with you when it first happened. He is not afraid of the ugliness of whatever happened to you as a little girl. He's not afraid of, um, you know, whatever, whatever happened to you, he's not running away scared. He's not disgusted. He is so nearby and so close. And maybe the little girl in you just has to give in to him. And I, I know, I know we preach to our adult selves often, but perhaps it's the little girl in you that needs to hear uh, Jesus, to hear this word that there's no condemnation for you to feel his love, to feel his compassion as a little girl, because that could be uh, the need that wasn't met as a little girl. You can let his love and compassion fill that need and satisfy that need because once that marinates the root of your addiction girl 
all of the symptoms that can come from the root are going to die too, if that makes sense. And so again, I am going to recommend the How It Started versus How It's Going episode to you. It goes into depth about um, some of the things of like being specific of, of what happened to you as a little girl. So I strongly suggest that you listen to that. But to everyone listening now, I really do hope that my answers provided some clarity and that um, they helped you move forward and that they gave some um, really great information as to how you can break free from things like anxiety, depression and addiction. But because this is the second to last To Be Hurt Tuesday, I want to reiterate to y'all that this is a journey. It is a journey, okay? So you may not have everything figured out in a single night. Once you get serious and you get your journal out and you just have your quiet time with God, going through the details of your life, which that's Psalms 139, 16, like Jesus has all the details of your life recorded in his book. So he didn't miss a single thing. If you come across a memory that you forgot, something happened to you and you completely forgot about it, Jesus didn't forget. Like all of those details are recorded in his book. So as you spend the next couple of moments and nights and days just kind of sitting on God's lap and reviewing some of those details of your life, details that hurt you, that wounded you, that caused you to experience a lot of what you're experiencing today. As you do that, keep in mind that it's a journey. You're not going to have everything figured out in one night. I've had so much success and I've overcome so much of my own freedom journey. But even still, you guys, there's some things that I still have to go to God about because they still hurt and they still I'm confused about. I'm, I'm still wounded by it. It's just a, it's a journey. And until we see God face to face, that journey will never stop. Like we'll, we're always going to keep going until we, we die, until we see Jesus. So keep that in mind. But again, uh, please reach out to someone, tell someone about what you're going through. And then if you have to just revisit some of the uh, other episodes, start from the beginning. I cover a lot of this in the um, first couple of To Be Hurt Tuesdays of this third season. So give those a listen. But if this episode helped you, please let me know by um, either leaving a review or emailing me, sending me a DM through Instagram. Um, Let me know if this episode helped you. Also rate To Be Hurt Podcast and follow and subscribe on whatever listening platform you're tuned in on follow to be heard podcast on instagram so you and i can stay connected even after season three is over and please come back next week for the very last to be heard tuesday of the season right here on to be heard podcast